Hey, everybody, and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Fangirl Radio Show. I'm your host, Jessica Dwyer, and with me is my lovely and talented co-host, Mr. Ryan Stacy. Hello, hello, good evening. Good evening. And we have uh, a lot of Week in Geek to get through. Um, we don't have an interview this week. Um, we're hopefully going to have something next week that's going to be really special uh, that Ryan has gotten us, which I am really excited about. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but uh, this week, it's just the news in the Week in Geek and some other stuff that I wanted to go over. And boy, what a week it has been. And uh, the axe that I knew was going to fall pretty soon, which was kind of everybody knew was going to happen with everything that's been happening in Hollywood, hit. And that is Brian Singer. And uh, Brian Singer, who was the most likely not happy uh, focus of a lot of a, a documentary called Open Secret, um, has now been sued by a um, a lad that he apparently raped when he was 17, something like that, very young. And uh, that has all fell down after he was fired from the Queen um, Freddie Mercury biopic uh, that he somehow disappeared on the set of while they were filming and no one could find him and then they fired him. Because no one could find him. And uh, now this has happened. And I kind of knew this was going to hit once Kevin Spacey went down. And all this stuff started happening in Hollywood. And I think that's kind of what triggered the disappearing from the set. And now the, the, this has come out. And uh, yeah, it's, it's not a happy time in Hollywood right now for uh, the, the Predators. Listen, this is not the first time this has happened, though, with Brian Singer. Like, this just happened in 2014 when Days of Future Past was about to release. Yep. Brian Singer really wasn't present during the press tour for this film because right at that time, I believe one or two boys had come out and said that he had he had assaulted them then. And it got buried. Right. And that's the if you if you have. A chance. I. It, it's disturbing and sad, but at the same time, worth watching to know how deep and horrible this whole thing goes. It is on YouTube. It's called Open Secret, and it talks about this whole horrible, horrible open secret of Hollywood, where uh, it's basically pedophile rings um, and directors and 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 high ups in the studio system take advantage of these young kids and this uh i cannot i sadly can't remember her name but uh this documentary filmmaker she went and interviewed all of these guys and all of these kids and got the dirt on all of this and put it out there and because it, it was such a battle to get the thing released she finally just released it on youtube and it is shocking and it has been going on for so long and it just sort of no one, you know, it didn't happen to me, so I don't care kind of a thing. And now with everything that's been happening with the Me Too movement, which, by the way, time people of the year, uh, this is it's not a surprise. And it kind of, I think he knew it was coming, and that's why he sort of went MIA. But this is just, it's disgusting. 
I'm sorry. Like it's it's just, it's just, it's horrible. And you got to wonder if the reason he went so hardcore after the X-Men movies was because he knew that there would be younger actors involved because of it being a a school for young mutants. That's where it goes into my head when I think about this now, it sucks. And uh, it's just horrible. Well, I'm sure there's a silver lining to be found in this that we'll probably end up discussing later, I'm assuming. So won't blow the lid off that subject until we get there. (laughs) Well, the one good thing is the movie is still happening um, without Brian Singer because Mm -hmm. Robbie Malik is, is Freddie Mercury. Jesus Christ. He looks just like him. And it, it looks amazing. I'm very excited to see it. And um, they have added Dexter Fletcher as the new uh, director of this film, which is great. Uh, he did Eddie the Eagle, which uh, starred, funnily enough, Hugh Jackman. And, right. <laughs> and so Dexter Fletcher is going to be the replacement for the film. Which, this is kind of, it's odd. Um, Geeks of Doom reported this, and it's funny. They they called out the fact that um, there's been two instances now where directors have had things happen where they've had to leave within half to 75% of the movie done and had someone else have to come in to, to finish the film. Star Wars' solo movie, Mm-hmm. Ron Howard had to step in after the directors apparently were making a comedy. And then, and then um, with Zack Snyder's um, The Loss of His Child, Joss Whedon came in to take over that film. So now we have this uh, movie with the same kind of thing happening, which it's a lot more. It's I don't know. This is just it's just a bad, horrible. I don't even know what to say. And now poor Joe Rowling's in the mix. Oh, so go talk about that because I want to know what you're I, talk about that. Well, you know, there was this, um, we'll say mob calling for Johnny Depp's head because. Oh, yes, he, yes. Yes, because, you know, he's in the Harry Potter world now and everyone's really upset because of the abuse allegations against him from his entanglements with his wife and. Joe Rowling kind of posted this statement stating that she and Warner Brothers still stood behind their decision and Johnny Depp would remain as the character Grindelwald and everyone's infuriated with her. Well, and see, the thing that I find interesting in that one is the fact that out of the two of them, uh, Amber Heard was the only one to be, have got hit with a, uh, I've beaten somebody that I was in a relationship with. She Mm. was, she actually had charges filed against her mm-hmm. for beating up her girlfriend. And, I, you know, I find it interesting, you know, Disney was okay with Johnny Depp being Captain Jack Sparrow all this time. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's Disney. And, you know, you haven't, I haven't actually heard anyone out. You had ex you know, basically his ex-wife come forward and say, he's never raised a hand to me. You've had his daughter say, he's never raised a hand to me. You had all these other people say, this guy's not an abuser. And it just, that whole situation's a mess. 
lesson to be learned don't marry a person who's like a third your age (laughs) (laughs) truth truth but the thing is is don't you feel now there's just this climate where everyone's just getting dragged it's it's a witch hunt and it's turning into that and actually it's funnily enough um uh one of our previous guests uh that um we had on the show who um uh worked with Rose McGowan. Uh, she uh, has said, you know, she's worried that this is actually becoming um, a witch hunt. Jenna Madison uh, on Facebook, she was talking about this, you know, with how many people, you know, you it, it's becoming, it's becoming ugly and it's sort of like people are taking advantage of the movement to kind of get their own, um, it's cheapening it because people are using it as an excuse, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're taking it and using it as a way to get back at someone that they don't like or have a grudge against. And it's getting really, really ugly. Like right now there's um, a Robert Nepper who has been in a ton of stuff, like a ton of things. He was in Prison Break. He was in Star Trek The Next Generation. He's currently in iZombie. Has had allegations now come up on him that he literally, he attacked women in hotel rooms. And and the stuff that they're describing, it's like, Jesus Christ, if this had been going on, this guy would be in jail. I mean, like, like assault. And now, and, and he's like, I, this is complete and utter crap. I never did any of this. And my wife knows me and, and my kids know me. This is, this is not who, this is not me. So it's getting really ugly now. It's, it, it was a, it was a movement that needed to happen, but now it's getting to the point where I, you can't help but think that some of this stuff is completely uh, just someone trying to get back at, at people. Well, look how they try to drag, you know, poor Army Hammer into all of this. And well, it's like, yeah. <laughs> what has Army Hammer done to anybody? Army Seriously. Hammer is like, everybody loves that guy. <laughs> <It's> right. <laughs> there's nothing, there's no reason. The, it's just getting horrible. And, and it's what sucks is this is going on and uh, you've, it's going to make people not take it seriously, the real cases of it. And that's going to allow people that are, you know, predators that really do need to have their comeuppance slide through because it's going to, you're, you're cheapening what's happening and it's, it's just going to get, it's going to go away and it, it shouldn't. If that makes any sense. I mean, it, it, it really is cheapening things when people are going out and making up stuff and and in throwing gasoline on a fire that doesn't need to burn. There are people out there that deserve to burn in this, but it's just making it che- it's cheapening it when when you know that some of these things are, are completely false. And it just sucks. And I don't know what to say about that anymore than what I just did. I want. I would like to make a comment um, about something that kind of stuck with me and the press regarding all of this, and it, you know, it's related to Harvey Weinstein, and that is Uma Thurman's Instagram post. Did you see it? 
Oh, the one where she said that a bullet's too good for you? Yes, I have it right here. I'd like to read her statement. So this was Uma Thurman's thing. Happy Thanksgiving. I am grateful today to be alive for all those I love and for all those who have the courage to stand up for others. I said I was angry recently, and I have a few reasons. Hashtag me too, in case you couldn't tell by the look on my face. I feel it's important to take your time, be fair, be exact, so... Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Except you, Harvey, and all your wicked conspirators. I'm glad it's going slowly. You don't deserve a bullet. Stay tuned, Uma Thurman. And she captioned this. This was her caption to a photo of her as the bride. I I saw that. I thought that was awesome. That was amazing. That was amazing. And you got to wonder what's going to come out on that. Well, she was one of those actresses that was, everyone was kind of like, oh, well, why hasn't Uma Thurman said something? You know, she was like the the princess at Miramax for a minute. Like, why hasn't she said something? She has to have a story. And it's like, even if she does, it's nobody's business unless she would like to make it public information. Like, sorry. No, I was going to say exactly. It, it, It don't pressure people until they're ready. I mean, whatever she went through obviously was traumatic. Don't make her try to talk about that trauma if she doesn't want to. Right. These, this, this group of women who, who step out and spoke first, I commend them because, you know, they're at the front line. They started this war. I mean, and it's great. I love it. that It was these women. I love that it's happening. I just wish... I just wish that it was, um, it didn't seem like a trend. I think that's what we've, I think that encompasses what we've just been discussing. It seems trendy now. Yeah, it is. And, and, and that's part of, you know, the, the world of the internet that we live in right now is Mm -hmm. everyone wants to get that hashtag, that kind of a thing. And I, I don't want that to sound like you, Jessica, or I are speaking for everyone and that we're saying that, um, there's everyone's you know just trying to get attention that's not it it's just i think there's a fine line that has to be towed now and it's like i don't i don't know who to to under to believe now i don't i don't know well and like i said it 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 seems like people are taking it as people will Mm-hmm. They're taking advantage of this as a way to get back at someone or to um, get on that, get that recognition, like you said. And it, you know, that's happening. You, you know it because if it's not, then Jesus Christ, we have so many horrible freaking people in this world that I don't even know what to say. Okay. Well, I mean, but. You know, I'm sure this is the first time this has been brought up on your show, Jessica, but this kind of relates to something that happened that I saw during a binge watching of season nine of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) One of the former housewives on that show at the epic four-part reunion was exposed as the source of a huge blatant lie that was told to one of these housewives. And that was that Candy Burris, who is um, an amazing 
infinitely talented um, music producer and songwriter. I mean, this woman's a millionaire. She's written so many famous songs. Had She was told um, that Candy wanted to drug her and take her to her sex dungeon. And, like, made this all up. So I do believe that there are people out there that would make up destructive lies like that on people. Seeing this unfold on television and seeing that it was a woman in the main cast, one of the season stars of the show, had made up a lie and didn't understand that it was super fucked up because she had said that she, you know, this woman was basically going to drug this other housewife and rape her. God. And it's like, I guess this is the world that we live in. And so when I see stuff like that, that's why I say it's really hard for me to know what to believe anymore. Yeah. And well, and like uh, the other one, um, the one that I just heard about that really bothered me because I love her music just this week, um, Melanie Martinez. It came out. Um, so one of her, her ex friends said, Oh, she raped me and did this stuff to me uh, out of the blue. Just suddenly she raped me and did all this stuff to me. And Melanie Martinez is like, look, I, she didn't say what we did was consensual. So who are you going to believe? Like suddenly this comes out after Melanie Martinez gets uh, her name out there and is now popular and things like that. And suddenly her, um, her ex-friend is saying this. Well, why didn't you say anything before? I, and I get, I get the whole, we don't want to pressure people and, and that kind of a thing, but it, you know, all it, where do you, you don't know what to believe anymore at this point. Who is a predator and who is, who is stunting? <laughs> exactly. And it's like, you can, I don't know. It's it's just it's a tangled web, Jess. It's a really tangled web. And yeah, it's really it's... sad to see such a um I mean, I think we both feel just so much love for Hollywood and the the filmmaking industry. Like it's so sad to see something I love so much and have had such lifelong respect for just be so tarnished and full of really awful people. I mean, we all knew Hollywood was full of some crooks, but this, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> choked on my ginger soda, <laughs> <laughs> but this is just absurd. No, it's, it's gotten, it's, it's ridiculous. And I don't know. I don't know what to say about it anymore. It just, it, it seems like every day there's something new coming out that about this and it's sad. And, and, and I don't know, it's just, it sucks. This, this has been a year of, of ugliness coming to the floor, the fore on so many levels in our, in, in, in our country specifically. And I don't know. I don't see it getting any better. Which is depressing. But there you go. That's, that's all, all I'll say about that. Let's let's move on to something else. Actually, oh, God. There's some other stuff, too, that I'm going to be talking about this episode that just... 
Let's talk about the fact that Quentin Tarantino is making an R-rated Star Trek movie. <laughs> it, things that I never thought I would say in a million years. Quentin Tarantino is making an R-rated Star Trek film with the blessing of J.J. Abrams. How do you say no to that? And, you know, and here's the thing that's interesting is, you know, with uh, Star Trek Discovery and The Walking Dead have been given the approval. They've they've made more lenient the rules on television. Um, So you're allowed two F-bombs a season now. And there was a big to-do because Star Trek Discovery, which I still haven't been able to watch past episode two because this, you know, CBS all buffering still isn't working right for me. But I'm going to try and watch the entire first season here shortly. They had their first F-bomb. And um, so now I guess Quentin heard the dulcet tones of fuck in space (laughs) and couldn't say no and went and said i want to make a star trek movie and so i want to make a mother star trek movie (laughs) (laughs) so everybody's like well who the hell is sam jackson gonna play and because that's gonna happen can you be the most foul mouth fucking klingon ever (laughs) that we should make a motion to have pam greer as uhura Oh baby, that would be awesome. That would right. be. I'm I'm down with that. I'm so down. Anyway, the it's actually ramping up. It's gonna happen from everything I can tell. And um, so Tarantino uh, is pitched his idea. It's happening. I mean, it can't be any worse than um, the last Star Trek movie, which I couldn't even make out half of because it was so dark. Um, and funnily enough, that wasn't Into Darkness. That was, I can't even remember what the last we, one was called. Beyond. We were supposed to be beyond, beyond it. <laughs> That's right, Beyond. <laughs> Star Trek Beyond Light. Uh, um, but so, yeah. this is interesting, because remember, wasn't his Manson film supposed to be his, his piece de resistance before he retired? Yeah, I I don't know where he's at with the Manson movie. You know, with Charlie dying, who knows? Um, well, no, what's it's going happening, on. and the release date is now confirmed as the date, the fiftieth anniversary date of the Sharon Tate murder. Oh wow! Like that's a little tacky. Wow, wow, yeah, that is tacky. And they set that before Charles Manson passed. So, I mean. Yeah, that is tacky. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. But so that's happening. I don't know what to say. Um, it, you know, it's it's part of that trend. Deadpool was fantastic and needed to be an R-rated movie. I don't believe that Star Trek should be R. The whole point of Trek, it's is Trek is supposed to show people. Pardon the pun. Humanity going beyond the, you know, what it's supposed to show a future that is decent and equal and good. And if we know anything about Quentin Tarantino, there's usually no one decent. 
completely in any of his movies. <laughs> it's not clean. It's not good. It's not happy. That's not um, true. Oh, which one? Hildy. Oh, that's true. That's true. Okay, fine. Brunhilda from Br- Django Unchained. That's that's true. That's true. But he was the only decent one in the movie. <laughs> in his entire that. universe. Oh, and that one, um, the French girl that Bruce Willis was with in Pulp Fiction, she wasn't an awful person. This is true. There's, so there's two decent people in all of Quentin Oh, and don't forget about the kids and Kill Bill, the little girls, Nakia and BB. But, but they've been ruined. They've been ruined. <laughs> Stop it. Well, I mean, they've been ruined. Yeah, yeah. One saw her mother get stabbed. And <laughs> yeah, that's. I, and I've heard that the, the this next Kill Bill movie is going to be about them chasing each other because. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, it's like supposedly he wants to pursue the storyline with Nakia coming after her because she did say to her, you know, someday you're going to feel. A yeah, you're going to. Uh, and you're. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that little girl would be that age. So come and get her. Yep. Yep. So um, one other thing I wanted to talk about that is coming up and I, I don't know. I've discussed this a little bit with Ryan, and um, I actually spoke with Barb, um, who couldn't be here this week, um, about this movie that I watched. So there is a second remake of Day of the Dead coming out on January 5th. It's called Bloodline. And I don't really know how to say it I guess I'll just say it so I watched the movie and we know that Day of the Dead one of the biggest things everybody remembers and one of the best things out of that film was Bub Bub the zombie was what I consider the face of humanity coming back after all of humanity turned into monsters inside the bunker that was the whole thing that zombie was more human than the rest of the humans that um, had taken over and were just bastards. So what did they do in the new day of the dead? What did they do? They made the character who is obviously supposed to be the bub of the film, a rapist. What? Which is, Fitting, I guess, after what we just had a long discussion about in this day and time. But, yeah, so the movie is about this epidemiologist, I guess she is. She's a doctor. And it takes place in the bunker, and you have your whole thing with the army there. But the bub esque character who's played by Jonathan Skecki um, is a rapist. He's a perverted, crazy, obsessive guy who is in love with the doctor and even carves his name her name in his arm and ends up because of this antigen in his blood, he's able to be a half zombie, half human. And wait, Jonathan Shake is a half zombie. 
Yes, he's Bub. He's the Bub. He's the Bub. Only his name's Max in this. And I'm not even I, Jessica. I'm not even having this movie already. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the best movie either. I'll tell you that right now. Um, I'll write a review about it. But yeah, he's a rapist. He tries to rape her, and then the whole impetus of him coming after her is so he can get her. And it's just like really. You you've turned the 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 this character into that. I don't get why people keep trying to remake Day of the Dead. The last time they did it, there was a vegan vegetarian zombie who was the bub, and the reason he was able to control his cravings was because he was a vegetarian. Remember Are you that? serious? Remember no, that? I don't. No, I don't remember that, <laughs> Jessica. You know I don't yeah. do zombie stuff. Yeah, that's that's what was the last one. That was the last remake. So yeah. That was it happened. that the one that had Mina Suvari in it? Probably. I'm trying to remember. That was Day of the Dead. Um shoot. I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, yeah. That was that was what happened in that one. So this time we've we just made him a rapist. Why not? Oh, well, Why not? I'm glad that's the, the edge they give everything to be inventive. How can we shake? You know what? Let's do an R rated version of like Star Trek, but Spock's a rapist. <laughs> Kirk. Kirk's a rapist. <laughs> um, so yeah, that happened. Um, I'll, I'll be writing up a, a uh, I'll write up a review with my thoughts. I'm really um, sorry you have to do that. Yeah, I watched it. <laughs> I watched it because I was an idiot. Um, speaking of zombies, don't forget this um, tomorrow, actually, as of this recording, is going to be the finale, se- mid-season finale of The Walking Dead. And um, I didn't get a screening link for this, so that means someone's dying. Um, it's going to be a big episode. Usually they don't give those out early and unless there's something, if there's something major going on. And so someone's either dying. I'm sure there's someone dying. I don't think it's going to be Morgan, even though he's going to fear the walking dead. I think what's happening there is fear is probably going to have a jump forward. They'd be smart to do that. Um, but, uh, a lot of people think that maybe Daryl loses a leg because that happens in the comic to a different character. Um, we'll see. I think, honestly, I think Coral's going to die. Wouldn't that be amazing? Um, it wouldn't surprise me because not only has he cut his hair, released a record, and is going to college. So, there you go. You think he's um, done? I think he might be done. I think he might be done. Um, it is telling, though, because ratings for this season have not been the best. They have been the lowest, I think, of the series. So, yeah, they need to do something big to, to, to shake things up for The Walking Dead. Because a lot of people are not digging this season. And part of the problem is the fact that they, this all-out war, quote-unquote, was one battle. And they decided to use this entire first half of the season to show that one battle from four different places. So it's the same thing, you know, it's just one battle. It's not an all-out war. It was one damn battle. And it was inventive the first couple of episodes, but then you're like, 
oh my God, this is the same day. This is the same day. <laughs> We're just going to show the same shit over and over again. So, yeah, uh, they need to do something. Um, the one thing I do need to tell everybody to watch, which was fantastic, is The Punisher. I savored it as long as I could, and then I just I went ahead and watched in all of it. Um, the Punisher on Netflix is fantastic, and you should watch it. Um, I'm good. It's so, oh, it's so good though. It's no, so I watched good. it. I'm good. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was great. John Bernthal was amazing as as Frank Castle. Um, I thought. Uh, I loved, I just loved how it was just brutal and honest with PTSD and that kind of stuff. And just, I liked, I, I, I loved it a lot. I thought it was fabulous. Um, Thomas Jane. He's too, after seeing him in person, I don't know how they film him to make him look that big. He's a very tiny dude. They put lifts in his shoes. Dude, they have to. He stands on boxes. It's like Tom Cruise. <laughs> I'm serious. The, like it happens more actors than we realize. I I totally believe you. Um, he's a very small guy. Not he's not. I don't know how they do it, man. Like even Norman Reedus isn't that big. He's not big. He's not a big dude. Tyler they, Maine looks taller on film. Yeah, he's he's tall, but he's not the massive hulking monster they make him out to be. It's because they cast him next to short girls. I'm a filmmaker. I, re- I recognize these tricks. <laughs> um, like, I shouldn't say tricks. It's just making films myself, I have to keep, you know, framing and things in mind. And so sometimes when I have small girls and really tall men cast as scene partners, I have to instruct the girls like, okay, on your tight shots, you have to wear really tall heels. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's some insight for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the speaking of film, of course, the big thing happening this week, unless you're under a rock or in a coma, is Star Wars. And we had our big discussion of my theory in um, last the last episode, and it's interesting because they released another trailer that shows Ray grabbing Kylo's lightsaber and brandishing his lightsaber. Dun, dun, dun. Jessica. Mm -hmm. I had not seen that and I had been avoiding it. And so thank you. (laughs) It's not my fault. It's out there on commercials. (laughs) You know, I remember a point in time when we used to, I don't have cable or television. I don't see things. And so I remember when you used to send me stuff about what we'd be talking about. And now I don't. Oh. I'm sorry. It's only for two seconds. I don't know what the context is, but she's holding this lightsaber. Maybe she just steals it and sells it for drugs or something. <laughs> for another portion of that green bread. <laughs> okay, yes. She's just real hungry. That's right. Problem. <laughs> there okay. you go. No, All right. I, um. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, you kind of teased me because when you um, when we you were going into bringing up Star Wars, I thought you were going to be talking about something else Disney related, which I sort of alluded to back with Brian Singer. 
And I was wondering, oh, are you yeah. talking about the Fox and Mar the Fox and Disney buyout? Tell me you didn't poop your pants, <laughs> dude. I I I can't believe it. That might actually happen. That's insane. It's insane. What that does that, that mean? Happen. What does that? I'm sorry. I'm having like a, a a stroke right now because I've been having this all week. <laughs> what do, what does that mean for us potentially? Well, if if it happens, that means that Phil Coulson can finally say the word mutant. Because... Oh, I don't give a shit about that. That's not what I was talking about. <laughs> that means well, that but that means that you will finally have the X Men able to come in. Um, you will finally have the Fantastic Four able to be there. Nobody cares. It's true, and, but you'll have. I don't know if Deadpool is part of that though. And I know that's a big thing for a lot of people is having Deadpool come over. But um, you could, in fact, have Hugh Jackman show up. Yes. As Wolverine. Yes. <laughs> there, there you go. There, there's his happy. <laughs> that's what it is. Like, he even said that that would just be something he couldn't possibly pass up. Exactly. Jesus Christ, no. No. That would and- have to happen. I would be so mad for a Wolverine recast if they finally acquired those properties and like X-Men are coming into the Avengers flash right now, like drop boom. And it's just <laughs> like some other moron as Wolverine. I'll be good. Like, no, no, thanks. No, it's Hugh. Hugh has to do it. Hugh has to do it at least once. Come least on. Once. Man. He... Yeah. And how pissed is how pissed is Angela Bassett? She finally signs a Marvel role, and then the possibility of playing Storm comes again. <laughs> nice. nice, good, good point, good point. I mean, because no. she'd been she'd been offered it. She could the first do it. go around. She, I, she always, said no. I always thought Amon should be Storm. Can we get married for real? Because I said that as a child. What? Amon? Yes, I used to yes, tell my I mom all thought, the time. I always thought she should be Storm. I always thought that there's that was, she is Storm. She looks just like her. My uh, mom was like, I don't know who the hell you're talking about. <laughs> that's she knew I was talking like Amon, but she didn't know what I was talking about. I was like, she should be Storm. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> who? No, I I always thought that, and I always thought that you know if we ever, if we ever had that DC Marvel crossover, David Bowie could have been Desire. You know, uh, you also have to think about this. You know, with this whole acquisition of 20th Century Fox, that means Disney would now own Aliens. Mm-hmm. It would own um, Avatar fully. Yeah, because didn't they make an Avatar Kingdom yes. at this Disney? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So there's going to be a Star Wars land. There's Pandora, and then there's an Arendelle opening. That's how like damn sure they are of Frozen's legacy is it getting its own park. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm let so it sick. go. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> please, please let it go. Please let it go. Oh my god. Oh, and so with that, with that wonderful thought of of Frozen never going away, except for the fact that Coco, did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? I got to end on this note because I thought this was hilarious. Why was it so insensitive? 
what insensitive what coco no i'm not talking about no that. no the the olaf thing it what no what happened what i heard the thing was people were going to see coco and the olaf quote-unquote short was actually over 20 minutes and so people went and then that started and they're like is this the movie what did we go to the wrong movie and then after Olaf was over, there was another short after Olaf's thing. And then, then there was the movie. So people went with their kids, their little kids, for what they thought was going to be like this hour and a half film. And it turned out to be almost two hours. And part of it was this Olaf thing, which people were like, Jesus Christ. So what they've done now, <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? So what they've done now is they've taken Olaf's magical fairyland or whatever the hell it was called. And they've taken it off of Coco and um, they're going to have it as a special, I guess, on NBC or something. Um, and uh, so it's no longer going to be attached to Coco. Am I saying that right, Coco? That's the name of the movie, right? I don't know how else you would pronounce C-O-C-O. Okay. Because <laughs> so, in my head, I keep thinking that that's that, that parrot movie. Well, do you know what's amazing about Coco is my friend Claire, who just got back from um, a trip to Mexico City, she went for Day of the Dead. Uh-huh. And she said that that film has been out for a minute there, and it's just a wild, huge success. And they were like playing it for free in the parks for people to come watch. And yeah. Aww. Well, mm. you know, the thing with me is I think when I saw that, I immediately thought they've already done this. It's called the book of life and it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And people seem to have forgotten about that movie. And I absolutely loved the book of life and thought it was great. I didn't see it. I think the kids watched it though. I loved it. It was really beautiful, really, really good. Um, and it's done by Guillermo del Toro. And uh, it it was first. It was done in 2014. So it was like over, it was three years ago. And what's cool about it is who all the cast that's in it, like um, Ron Perlman is in it. Um, Diego Luna, Zoe Saldana. Yeah. Ice Cube. I mean, like it's a, it's a who's who, of um, people, and it just is awesome. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, I I strongly suggest checking out the Book of Life if you've seen Coco because it's a nice little uh, set, you know, book in for Coco. If you want to get your kids, you know, really baptized in the culture, because it's a fantastic film. And it's great to hear Diego Luna saying he's got this sweet little voice. Diego Luna, uh, who's the badass from Rogue One. Oh, you mean Diego Luna, um, Tenoch from Itumama Tambien? Yes, that guy. Great, great film, great film. Well, well he was also in <laughs> Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. <laughs> oh, shut up! I know. So was Patrick Swayze. For two seconds, yeah. Yes. <laughs> That was for the budget two for the literal seconds. Yep, yep. So anyway, you should totally check out. Um, I would say the Book of Life. If you your kids like Coco, show them this because I think it's a uh, it's a great movie. I, I I'll go see Coco, but I was sort of like, this isn't this this isn't the first thing like this. Come on. 
I just keep every time someone says Coco, I think of Glenn Coco from Mean Girls. <laughs> you go, Glenn Coco. You go. Yes, you go. Four for you, Glenn Coco. You go, Glenn Coco. <laughs> God. All right, now we've went to Mean Girls. We truly have uh, done everything. I think in this. <laughs> This is what happens when Ryan and I I are left unsupervised by anybody else. We just, uh, we'll hit everything like this. You know, we'll bring up drag queens. We'll do. (laughs) I know you didn't give me enough time. I know it's true. It's true. Um, So next week, Ryan, um, would you like to tell everybody what we're going to have going on? Yeah, sure. So uh, next week we are going to be sitting down with um, a a friend of mine. I have actually never got to meet this gentleman in person, but his name is Roger Connors. He is an actor uh, and producer, writer, director from Cleveland that I became acquainted with through some um, old business contacts. Uh, At one point in time, I was actually um, supposed to direct Roger in Ladies' Night, my feature film that um, kind of put on the back burner to pursue, pursue some other things for a minute. And Roger has directed and um, acted in a remake of Night of the Living Dead. I believe he wrote this, too. Mm. Yes. And the twist is? Is he portrays the Barbara character, but the, I believe the character is, in fact, a, uh, a homosexual man. There you go. Yeah. It's and 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 like I was talking to Ryan about this. I'm like, this is a perfect opportunity. This is how you do a remake. Take note. Yeah. Day of the Dead. Um, <laughs> this is, this is, yeah. This is how you do a remake because the whole one of the best parts about Night of the Living Dead is the social commentary. Yes. And this is where you can do social commentary with this as well, and you're not really changing the soul and heart of what the characters are about you're giving it a different sheen to it yes and uh that is how you do a remake and roger is being you know just praised for for the balls of this production like i spoke with roger actually during um when this film was in production and uh that was i believe was one of his goals actually jess was to further the the topic and the discussions that were happening on the social commentary. So yeah. I, I'm anxious to hear more from Roger about it and catching yeah, up with fun. him. Yeah. He's fabulous. You'll love him. This is going to be great. So yeah. that will be next week. And after that's going to be Christmas. So we probably won't be around for like a week. Um, but I want to thank Ryan for showing up and we did it. We weren't going to do yeah. it. We did it. We did yes. it. Yes. We did it. Damn mm. you, life and the universe. Ha. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're smart and couth and know what we're talking about. <laughs> we tell the lie to suck it. Um, it's, hello. It's, you're giving me tell me lies, Fleetwood Mac realness with this this yarn you're spinning here, Jessica. <laughs> Speaking of Fleetwood Mac's going on their final tour, I'm sad again. Again. Again, yeah, feral tour. Yeah, here you go. Is, is so, Cher going with them? <laughs> and Billy Joel. <laughs> All right, with that, um, thank Let's... you guys again. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, Ryan, thank you again for coming on. And uh, we will see you next week. Yes. On Fangirl Radio. Bye. Bye.